Welcome to the Dream Big Revolution with Leanne Hilger. to live the life that you want? It's time for the Dream Big Revolution with Leanne Hilgers. The next hour will inspire you to find health, wealth, and happiness. Success is straight ahead. And now, here's your host, Leanne Hilgers. Disclaimer, if you decide to listen to this show, it will be at your own success. This show is designed to change the lives of people like you forever. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dream Big Revolution. I am so excited about today's show. Today we have Jeremiah CPE, and he is just the most amazing and inspirational person, and I I just can't wait to be talking with him today. But before we get started doing that, just in case this is your first time to the Dream Big Revolution or maybe you need a little bit of a reminder, let me just explain what the Dream Big Revolution is about The Dream Big Revolution is about you getting to live your dream life. And you get to do this, you get what you want by helping other people get what they want. So do this by setting down your dreams. Get very clear on what you want and what you want to achieve and then break them down into smaller and smaller steps until you can figure out something that you can do which takes less than a minute that you can do today and then find a friend or a colleague and get them to do the same thing and then this is the important part you have to check up on each other and make sure you did it then if you like drop us a line drop us an email find us on facebook and let us know how your dreams are coming along we love to hear from you and if you use our dream big revolution system like we talk about every week you can start working on your dreams during the commercial breaks it is that easy so stop wasting time get what you want Live your dream life, the guts to succeed, you've got it. Now let me just explain a little bit about who we have on the line today. We have Jeremiah CPE, and he is from Humble Beginnings out of the dark Chicago public housing projects. And through the divorce of his parents and welfare lines, Jeremiah has emerged as a champion, truly one of the country's foremost thinkers, a powerful, inspirational speaker, and he is the winner of the highly prestigious Nightingale Conant Award. And right now, he is striving to raise $100 million for at-risk children. Now, as I said, I'm so excited about our guest today. Here on the Dream Big Revolution, it is our mission to turn this country around so everyone can be and feel successful again. In order to do this, we are bringing you the best of the best, the most successful people in the world, and the most inspirational stories to help you achieve. And I cannot wait to talk to Jeremiah CPE. He is truly an inspiration. Now, from as I said, from humble beginnings out of the dark Chicago public housing projects through the divorce of his parents and welfare lines, Jeremiah has emerged as a champion. Truly, he is one of this country's most foremost thinkers and a powerful, inspirational speaker, known by some of his clients as the customer passion evangelist. Jeremiah CPE is one of the nation's most engaging and entertaining inspirational speakers. In less than four years, Jeremiah CPE has gone done over 500 life-changing presentations in more than 200 separate industries, 
including corporations and nonprofit organizations. He has had successful careers as a consultant in the security industry with both Tyco's ADT and SBC Ameritech Security Link. Successfully ranking in the top 100 in the nation, Deremiah CPE was chosen by customers and employees as one of the leading security experts in the country when he became the recipient of the President's Ambassador Award. Now, I have to tell you, this award is the most difficult to receive, especially by sales and marketing consultants, because it is the only one given to top employees who handle their internal and external customers with exceptional class and outstanding customer service. So out of 7,000 employees, Jeremiah's CPE ranked in the top 1% of his company. Now, Jeremiah CPE is also the recipient of the highly, highly prestigious Nightingale Conant Award, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. And he is also striving to raise $100 million for at-risk children. A multi-talented speaker, multi-talented speaker and author, Jeremiah CPE, proves again and again that with desire and determination and diligence, you can win. Jeremiah, I know you're there. Yes, I am. How are you doing? <laughs> unless, unless you left us in the meantime. But, Jeremiah, thank you for doing that disclaimer in the beginning. Hey, you're welcome. I figure I might as well let people know, hey, you're entering this show at your own success. So, And I love that disclaimer. We got that from your website. <laughs> And it, it was just so wonderful that we had to put it on this show and had to promote it with the teaser and everything, because I, I think that that's just probably how you are. Yes, I am. <laughs> matter of fact, you've been you've been saying Jeremiah CPE is actually Jeremiah Asterix CPE, so that really makes it more interesting for people to wonder what does Asterix CPE mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. and what does it mean? Because you know, that was just too hard to say. <laughs> I, I understand, and, and that's why I, I threw it in there, because I figured it would make it an interesting thing for people to think about. But asterisk CPE actually means uh, creating powerful exuberance, but I also use it as a, it's, it's really an, an acronym, three letters that I use interchangeably in any area that I'm moving into where I'm getting exposure, and so I shape the ideas that I'm working with around those three letters. So um, people call me a, used to call me a customer passion evangelist. Now they call me a customer passionate executive. Or when I do my radio shows, I say creating powerful exuberance. So it, it, it flips around quite a bit. It, at least you're consistent with a theme, and it, beca- it would probably become like a game that everything you do, you can fit to those three letters. That's right. It does. And, and I, had, I had a thing that I did on marketing props uh, one year, and I'm the top, uh, one of the top 25 marketing representatives out of about 10,000 marketing uh, people involved online with that company. And I uh, ended up challenging everybody to create what they believe the three letters meant to them if they knew me. And so people, I mean, they chimed in some of the most interesting ideas. And you're talking about brainstorming on live at its best. <laughs> you know, it's, it's really interesting the, when we have people who are inspirational and successful on the show, and the little things that they do, I think, are what means the most. You know, little tiny things that they do. Um, we had Sharon Lecter on a couple weeks ago who wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Sure. 
she had, was talking about a pocket promise. And it's a little card that you keep in your pocket or your wallet that reminds you of what, you, what you're promising yourself you're going to do. That's beautiful. And I think that, you know, these little tips or little tricks, little idiosyncrasies that we may all have that just keeps us on track. And I, and I love hearing about them. And, and the more successful people I have, the more of these I'm hearing. Well, you, you hear a lot of them from me because I'm just extremely prolific in about several different mediums. And so I'm always just churning out ideas. I, I, actually, I just need a whole corporation to support the ideas that I'm doing. I, and I believe that I'll probably just end up stretching out on life like um, Thomas Edison did and just creating me a, uh, a creative factory of <laughs> workers. How fun is that? I always wanted to work in a think tank. That's great. <laughs> now, I ask all my guests, where are you calling in from? St. Charles, Illinois. It's one of the leading areas for the Underground Railroad back in the day. Oh, <laughs> how interesting. Well, I am in Canada. I am in Saskatchewan near Saskatoon. I, lo- I love Canadians, and, and you guys did a great job of hosting the Olympics this year. Thank you. Thank you. We did, and I was so impressed. It was so interesting to come back to Canada and be in Canada when the Olympics were on. And uh, I think that, you know, it kind of had a bumpy start in the beginning, but, you know, everybody... The Olympics just make everybody feel good, and I think that we all just needed something to cheer for. Yeah, well, I I received an email a couple of days ago from uh, my Canadian mother. I have a, a, a woman named Marge Bevins, Bivens in uh, Canada, and she sent me an email talking about some of the bumps that you all went through with the Olympics. And this email was just fantastic because it turned all of the negative commentary on the different points into a positive. Mm-hmm. And 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 after she got to the end of it, and she sent the email to me, I sent her back an email. I said, and you know what else? I said Canada was the only place where where the American slave could go and be free. That. You know, that's just incredible. And, uh, you know, like, it, for me, it's hard to imagine what that kind of a situation was like. You know, I, we look into history and things like that, and, you know, it, it's, it's hard to imagine that, it that is. situation, what it must have been like at that time. Now, you are from an area of Chicago you were you grew up in the pu- public housing projects in Chicago. That, you, that's you had absolutely a bumpy correct. Start <laughs> Say it again. You had a bumpy start yourself. Oh yes, yes I did. But the amazing thing with with my bumpy start and is that um, it started out bumpy, and then it took off because we were living in the Chicago housing projects on uh, in a project called the Ickies, and a, a project is where um, people who are on welfare. Uh, received public housing from the government. And it was one of the first, uh, some of the first housing that was built for uh, welfare recipients and stuff. And I happened to live there at a very early age. Uh, but amazingly, because my father went into the Army, I ended up uh, moving all over the U.S., lived in 13 cities here in the United States, two in Germany, and that was before I was 12. So while I did have a bumpy start, I mean, I got off the runway and we just began to fly. I started school in Alaska. Can you believe that? Which is near you, near where you are. Um, well, it's it's up north. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm up, a ways up, from there. I mean, up, up near but Canada. That's what I mean. We, yeah, we actually, we actually had Canada. to drive. Yeah, we actually had to drive through Canada to get to Alaska. Yeah, you yeah. had to drive through probably Vancouver where the Olympics were. Probably did. 
Yeah. And I, and I won't ever forget that that track uh, up through Canada. It was it's yeah. still memorable in my imagination. That would have been a very long drive. It, it was. <laughs> <laughs> it, it really was. But like I said, my my life took off after that, and we like I said had an opportunity to do two stays in Germany for almost five years. And so you can imagine if uh, I, I lived in 13 cities here in the U.S. before I was 12 and five of them were spent in Germany, that I was moving and moving and moving and moving. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have to go to a commercial break, and we are going to be back right after these messages with Jeremiah Asterix CPE, and we are going to talk a little bit more about how you can serve your way to success. It's time to realize your dreams. Leanne Hilgers is ready to speak to your organization or event about success. A Jill of all trades, Leanne is a model, singer, performer, a national champion in martial arts, and holds a master's degree in information systems. Leanne is the portrait of success. After battling a chronic disease, Leanne healed her way through martial arts. She relocated to New Zealand and won a silver medal at the ITFNZ 2004 Nationals. Leanne now travels the world delivering messages of hope and encouragement. Her lively yet relaxed presentation puts her in high demand to speak at top organizations and events throughout the world. Leanne shares her setback to success story and shows that no matter where we are in life, our dreams can be realized. Listening to the Dream Big Revolution with your host Leanne Hilgers. Hi, everybody, and welcome back. We have Jeremiah Asterix CPE on the line, <laughs> and I got to stop saying it that way because it's going to come out wrong one of these times. <laughs> Jeremiah, can you please tell us about the Nightingale Conant Award? Sure, I can. The, actually, the Nightingale Conant Award is actually called the Acres of Diamonds Award. It's an award given to what Nightingale Conant, uh, president, uh, at least at that time it was Victor Conant, but now he's uh, the person that pretty much just oversees their company. And he, he um, acknowledged giving me this award because he believed that I was, out of all the motivational speakers in this camp, and I mean, we've got people like Brian Tracy, we got, you know, you name it, um, Les Brown, um, uh, Victor Conan, I mean, not Vic Conan. Well, actually, he's done a presentation, too, but we also have um, the Chicken Soup for the Soul, uh, Mark Victor Hansen, and many others. And he, and he just said that he um, ended up giving it to me because I deserved it, and he felt that it was an award for me. It's, it's like a, a Lifetime Achievement Award for all of the work that you've done in the area of really living you know, a life that's motivated, one that inspires people. And so I've spent uh, probably the last 20-something years of my life um, in, in the beginning working part-time uh, through volunteer uh, organizations helping children at risk. And so uh, Nightingale Conan got wind of that, and they just were moved by the impact that I was having in the lives of at-risk children. And these are children who are from single-family homes, the, the mothers most of the time are on, you know, welfare, living below the poverty level, and the children, you know, are in a situation where they're not on welfare. The moms are working, you know, two jobs, and the child never sees the mother, you know, except for every now and then. Sometimes, you know, grandparents are raising them and, and situations like that. So, Now, 
you are trying to raise some money for these at-risk children, and at-risk children are, are a cause that's dear to my heart. I've worked with at-risk children for years. Um, I used to be a consultant to the Stay in School Initiative in Canada in Ottawa, and I also work directly with the children in schools. And so I support you in this. What can we do to help? What are you trying to accomplish? And, and how can we help you accomplish it? Well, what I'm trying to do is what, what I've, like I said, I've been doing the last 20 years, and that is um, getting uh, adults involved when I, where I can to um, assist, volunteer, to uh, send a check, and, you know, to encourage uh, the organization that or organizations that I partner up with in this particular area, and there are quite a few organizations that do this, you know, quite successfully, and I'm just really proud of the way they serve children, and some of them have been doing it for over a hundred years, and it's really uh, just a very beautiful thing when you can get other people to get involved. I mean, people can you know, write to me uh, at my email address at deremiah, D-E-R-E-M-I-A-H-C-P-E at gmail.com if they'd like to know more about how they could be involved with helping me do that. Mm-hmm. Now, you have a very lofty goal. Yes, I do. $100 million, that's, that's, that's quite a bit of money, but uh, it's a goal that I believe is, is possible. Uh, matter of fact, w- within my own within my own heart, uh, with all of the creative things that I have the ability to be able to do, I've actually been told that I can generate that myself. And so uh, I don't want to, you know, sound too cocky, but I'm just, you know, putting the facts as they are. I'm very talented uh, as a, a an award-winning painter. I've also uh, written recently nine songs, and I'm working on my tenth one now. And I have released one of them in January. It was in uh, a tribute song for Dr. Martin Luther King called I Got a Dream. And you could see it on YouTube if you put in I-G-O-T-T-A, Got a Dream, D-R-E-A-M. Can you say that one more time just in case people didn't happen to have a pen in their hand? Sure, I can. I Got a, G-O-T-T-A, Dream, D-R-E-A-M. And I kind of made it like that. Some people were like, why don't you just make it I have a dream? Because the, but by saying I got a dream, it, it kind of is a, to, do, has a dual purpose. Like, I got a dream, in, in other words, I'm in possession of one, or I got to dream, meaning that I have to keep pursuing dreaming. Mm-hmm. It seems more immediate. And in case you didn't get Jeremiah's information, we'll give it to you again at the end of the show why are you so determined to raise this money and help these children? Well, I'm really determined. A lot of what I do comes out of my own uh, suffering and pain. At the age of 16, after my parents went through a very horrible divorce with a mother who had been suffering mental illness since I was five years old, she drove us from Oklahoma to Chicago on about a 17-hour trip. And it was one of the most painful experiences of my life, and here's why. I was in the middle of my junior year of high school. I was one of the most successful running backs in the state of Oklahoma at that time, and it had been predicted that we would be the state champions for our particular division in the state of Oklahoma. And I was one of the running backs who would have been able to receive those you know, opportunities, which would have opened doors for me because I dreamed of going to OU University and playing running back. And what ended up happening, like I said, is my mom uh, decided one night at about 1 o'clock in the morning that, you know, we would uh, leave 
Oklahoma and go to Chicago. And me, my brother and sister have been staying at separate houses. That's how bad it was for us financially. My mom was living somewhere. My brother was living in another place. I was living in another place and my sister was living in another. So we were all separated. But when my mom decided she wanted to go that night, she contacted me and she contacted the people that I was staying with. I was staying with a white family, a gentleman by the name of Tom McDonald. And and his mom and dad treated me just like I was their son. And, and and his mother literally begged my mom to let me stay because she knew how important it was to me. And, and my mother, like all mothers, even though even during that time she was struggling mentally, you know what I mean, uh, you know, she was going through, she had just been released out of the hospital, suffering schizophrenia uh, and, and, and some other different, you know, uh, you know casualties of, of mental illness. Uh, she just wouldn't let me go. And she said, I mean, she just wouldn't let me stay. She said, you know, you got to go. And um, I had to go. And when I got to Chicago and we were living in the basement apartment of a cousin of ours, I just broke down. I mean, I just lost it. And um, I was crying profusely uh, every couple of days, I mean, for like months this was going on. And I was just, you know, in in turmoil and and, uh, through a very uh, interesting experience, life experience I had, I, I began to turn around and began to see the light at the end of the tunnel, because before then I had given up hope and was even on the verge of committing suicide. And so because of my own tragedy and suffering and and the deep place that, you know, I carry within me, you know, and my love for children and and my love for dreaming that someone would come to my rescue, and, and, and people did. You know, people showed up in my lives who were, I mean, just almost angelic, you know, in the way that they showed up. Uh, helping me and my family during times when we were uh, evicted, put out of doors, had nowhere to stay homeless. Uh, I had people who came into my life and uh, took took our family in and just, you know, just comforted us, you know, during this rough time in my life. And, and things just eventually, you know, started turning around. But um, this is why I'm so passionate about the subject because, you know, my own life, uh, ended there. And so, like I tell people, there's a fearlessness about me now. And that's because, you know, I believe I already died. You know, I, I gave up, you know, living for me, you know, during that time. And I and now I'm living more for what can I do, not only for myself, but what can I do for the world? How can I do, as Benjamin Franklin says, leave the world better than what I found it? I am always amazed at how open-hearted people are when they come on the show and the things that they share. Thank you so much for sharing something that was obviously so personal for you and such a momentous experience. We are so glad you're still with us. Well, I thank you, Leanne, for that. And and I'm so glad that I'm still with everybody, too, because sometimes I pinch myself and I, and I have to cry thinking that, you know what I mean, if I would have gave up my life back then, you know, for what I've achieved in my life at this point in time, it would have been a ridiculous, uh, you know, decision. As, as Les Brown once said, you know, he said, you never take a temporary situation and make it permanent. But that's what suicide does. Mm-hmm. And, and in these situations that we face, I mean, it may be somebody online that's listening to the call right now who, you know, may feel like, hey, they have nothing left to live for. You know, the economy may have damaged their financial picture, or maybe they're a child who just feels like, you know, they can't make a connection, you know, with their mom and dad or they, they're just left alone in a, in a place where they feel like there's no hope. And, you 
know, I just want to say to that person that don't don't make a permanent decision. Don't make a temporary, you know, decision permanent. You you have you do have something to live for, and my life is a testament, you know, of you know understanding what deep pain is and what deep frustration is, and and what it means to uh, do as Rudyard Kipling said, you know, I, you know, stoop down with worn out tools and you know pick up your pieces to your dream again when they've all been shattered, and you can do that. You are truly inspirational. We talk about how important it is to live your dreams. We're going to continue with this discussion after we come back from the break, and we're going to talk a little bit about how you can live happy. Yes. Listening to the Dream Big Revolution with your host Leanne Hilgers. If you have a question or comment for Leanne, or just need a little personal motivation to live your dream life, call Leanne now. She's standing by for you. The toll-free number is one eight six six four seven two five seven nine five. That number again is one eight six six four seven two five seven nine five. Now back to the Dream Big Revolution. Hi, everybody, and welcome back. We have Jeremiah CPE on the line. Now, Jeremiah, we were just talking about using our life, and, you know, I was about to say before the commercial break, our lives are far too valuable and precious to waste even a second of it, not living our dreams. And people are worried about so many things right now. You know, they're worried about keeping a roof over their heads and feeding their families, and had things gone differently for you, think of all the people that would have not been helped by what you do. And, you know, you were talking about if somebody's listening and going through that, think of all the people that, you know, might not be helped by your, if, if you don't act by serving and helping other people and sure. finding your own success through helping other people. Sure, we we have to be able to do that, and we have to serve our way to success. And what I mean by serving your way to success is finding a purpose, you know, that's deep inside of you, something that you feel extremely passionate about, something that you believe is a part of, I mean, really, your calling in life. You know what I'm saying? It's what makes you who you are. It's what makes, you know, things happen when you're around others, because when you're around them, they know that that's your purpose. They know that that's your passion. They know that that's where, you know, you really become the best you you can be. And when you find that thing, you can guarantee, I can guarantee you this, and that is that thing has been given to you, not just so you can become great, but so that you can help others become great too. Because I believe that we are, you know, born for great things. And I believe that we are born to help other people become great and recognize that greatness that is deep down inside of them. It's resonating in our hearts, in our souls, in our imaginations. It comes forth. And when we see it peeking out, you know, we need to, you know, encourage it to come on out you know, so that we can visit with it, so that we can begin to see that expression and see how it impacts and affects others. And this thing serves, you know, humanity. It serves everybody involved. And it's just like you said, if I would have taken my life, can you imagine how many people would have missed seeing my artwork? How many people would have missed hearing the poetry that I write? And if you've never heard poetry,
poetry, you know, before. You, you know, if you never listened to my poetry, you've never really heard poetry poured out from the soul of a person. People, you know, that have seen my videos on, on Facebook and YouTube, you know, they don't walk away, you know, with frowns on their face. I mean, they, walk, they, they go to that video over and over again, and they laugh and they laugh and they laugh. Why? Because there's happiness down inside of me, and that happiness serves, you know, humanity. So we have to find that thing that helps us serve our way to success. And when we serve others, then it's like the law of reciprocity. Whatever you sow, you shall reap. It shall come back to you again. Whatever you give away, you know what I mean, you get to keep. You were talking about your YouTube videos, and I highly encourage everybody to go have a look at them. That's actually how we kind of got connected. My friend Colleen, who's been on the show, and um, she runs a business, Horses for Healing, and she she told me you have to you have to meet this fellow <laughs> Jeremiah. You have to get him. You have to put him on your show. And you know, a lot of people say, "Oh, you should have this person on the show." And uh, you know, like I get hundreds of calls all the time and emails and. And uh, she said, just have a look at his YouTube. And, and uh, you know, Colleen's a good friend, so I had a look at your YouTube, and I immediately dropped you an email and said, <laughs> come on my show. <laughs> yeah, be, be like the Bitcoin video, that, that video by itself. I need, to, I need to monetize that. You know, I need to raise all kinds of money just off that one video because that's the only video that I can watch it myself over and over and over again, and I laugh every single time because it's like I didn't create that vi- that video. Something came down and visited me in that cornfield that day and ignited <laughs> me, you know what I mean, with a flame, you know, of energy from I don't know where, but it just it was just amazing. I got a part in there where I say, you know, are you having trouble with the frown disease? You know, because some people walk around with frowns on their faces so much that people think they got a disease, you know, the frown disease. Uh-huh. And I had never heard those two words put together like that. But that day, like I said, something visited me in that cornfield and just unleashed the most, you know, amazing video. for one. It's like a minute and 15-second video, but it's full. It's full. It is. It is. All the videos are that way. Now, we are, a lot of people right now are in crisis, and they're running around like headless chickens going, I just need to, you know, I, I, I need to look after myself. I need to feed myself. I need to feed my families. I need to work at my job. And why would I stop doing what I'm doing and help other people? I need to look, at my, look after myself. Because you were born to, to, to help other people. It's kind of like the, the corn on the corn stalk, you know what I mean? Just wanting to, you know, set in the sun and just, you know, disintegrate. It, it, it isn't made for that. A farmer plants that seed. He keeps some of the seed for his, himself and his family to eat. He keeps the other portion, and he brings it into the marketplace, and then he takes silos and sets it up so that he can have other portions to sow next year. So we have to learn how to be more, more productive like the farmer does, you know what I mean? We have to take on this idea idea that, hey, we have to look out for ourselves, but that encompasses that we look out for our fellow man, our brothers and sisters, those people that reside around us. And when we do that, we help to ignite hope. You know what I mean? Without, without you know, supporting others, you know, because we're not in this world by ourselves. I hate to almost use the word independent. We're really interdependent. We need one another. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that, you know, we learn the hard way when we try to run our businesses and so on and work independently, and uh, you eventually find out you don't live on an island. And something that I've learned, you talked about being productive. Let's, 
you know, for example, look at your finger. Your finger is very strong. One finger is very strong, and you can <laughs> lift things with one finger, but if you have the whole hand together, you Ooh. can do so much more. That's so true. Yes. And that and that's so, why we, like I said, that's why yeah. we need each other. Like I said, my, my videos excite, you know, a, a, a passion for living in people. Why? Because, like I said, you're, you're listening to a, 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 what I like to say, a dead man walking. You're listening to somebody who, who, <laughs> who, who resurrected, you know what I mean? You, you look, you're listening to someone who came alive again, you know, who realized the value of life, all right, cannot be measured against the crises of a circumstance that faces us. In other words, you can't let the situation that you're dealing with with like right now cause you to believe that your purpose ends here no it doesn't your purpose has greater impact than the circumstances that you're facing and matter of fact the circumstances that you're facing are not even worthy of the great opportunity that you're about to unfold in your life as you keep serving others and as you keep giving and as you keep smiling at others and keep loving others and keep encouraging others what you'll find is that you'll begin to get strength from within and that'll allow you to be able to you know see ways out of your situation because it's only through working with others that we began to come up with the full solution for the problem that we're dealing with. It won't be, it won't be resolved within our own, you know what I mean, uh, just, you know, idea. We have to have other hands involved. Ladies and gentlemen, that is why we had Jeremiah on the show today. <laughs> Thank you. I get you to repeat that just because it was so impactful and so amazing. <laughs> now, answer me this. Can you do business and serve others at the same time? Sure you can. Matter of fact, the, <laughs> one of the jobs that I had, you heard her announce talking about I became, you know, one of the top 1% in, in my company. The first, first check I made at that company was $14.95. That was my commission check. I said, man, I can't make it off of $14.95. I got to do better than this. Mm-hmm. And, and so what I began to do is I, I began to... I've all been there. Yeah, <laughs> And what I began to do is I began to go and ask everybody within my company who had a customer that they didn't want because they didn't like the relationship. In other words, they weren't probably treating the customer well, and they were trying to escape from, you know, serving the customer properly. I said, give me all of the bad customers. I even went to the president of the company. I told him the same thing. I said, give me all of the bad customers. In other words, all of the customers that say they don't like your service, don't like your business, give them to me. And I went out and I ran errands, touching bases, sitting in the, in the seat with, you know, you know, people who were across from me who were just angry about how things were being handled. And can you believe this? I talked every last one of those people into trusting me and believing that I would resolve their problems. I gave them deadlines by which I would accomplish my tasks. I went back to the company, and I accomplished those tasks. And you know what happened? Two weeks to, you know, two months to, and in some cases, two years later, people came back to me and bought. And I, and, and I began to, I began to sign 30 contracts a month. <laughs> That was a brilliant idea. That was a brilliant idea. Who would think to take, to ask people for the customers they don't want? Because there's always somebody that, you know, you have a personality clash with or for whatever reason. That that was a brilliant idea. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Um, Andrew Carnegie 
believe that enthusiasm, you know, is one of the basic characteristics of a successful person. And that's why, that's what I did. I took enthusiasm into the room, all right, and I unleashed it, and I let people know that I'm not just in here to be passionate, but I'm going to set deadlines, we're going to set deadlines, and I'm going to make sure that those things get resolved. And that brought the customer out of the grave, because he was literally in the grave. He had died because he hated the service that we were giving him. And, and when I showed up, all right, he was singing, where's the love? But before I got a chance to get out of there, he was like, I want you back. I mean, and that's just the way it, <laughs> the way it works. <laughs> now, you give very specific examples about how to survive during a slow economy, just like you are right now. There's, there's many on your website. Um, maybe you could give us the name of your website. www.byderemiah.com. Byderemiah.com. Beautiful. Now, we only have a couple of minutes before we have to go to another commercial break. How, what, how can people, let's get down to some nuts and bolts, how can people survive during a slow economy? How can people be success, successful during times like this? Well, they, like I said, what they have to do is they have to find out, like, like I heard you once say, you know, they have to find out what are the needs of others. See, that's what I'm saying. You need other people. You need to find out what are people's needs and how can you bring the solution to who you are and what your passion is to the table. People need to stop working, you know what I mean, just to make a living, but they need to live to make a, a working. So in other words, they got to put themselves in a place where living who they are becomes first and foremost. And once you find that, what, that thing that's passionate inside of you and you live that, it becomes contagious. The, what you were referring to, I used to teach that in my entrepreneurship, my small business classes. If you want to know, people are always looking for that niche that they can fill. If you want to know what people need, listen to what they're complaining about. That's right. <laughs> and, you know, if you're finding yourself, so many people have gotten rich helping people. You know, they're, they're working with, you know, a baby seat in a car that doesn't work or there's some product in their home that doesn't work for them the way, you know, and they're frustrated. And they say, why doesn't somebody invent a product that would do that? How many times have we said this? Why doesn't somebody invent a product that will do this? Why doesn't somebody serve at this restaurant in this way or at this business? And uh, that's catch yourself when you say those things or when you hear other people saying that because... That just might be your golden opportunity. That's exactly right. And when, you, and when you tap into the thing that you love doing, that's what you need to do. Most, many, many people, I believe more than 80% of the country, you know, the people in the world are in the wrong occupation. <laughs> We're going to come back and finish that thought after this break. We have Jeremiah CPE on the Dream Big Revolution, and we'll be back right after these messages. <laughs> It's time to realize your dreams. Leanne Hilgers is ready to speak to your organization or event about success. A Jill of all trades, Leanne is a model, singer, performer, a national champion in martial arts, and holds a master's degree in information systems. Leanne is the portrait of success. After battling a chronic disease, Leanne healed her way through martial arts. She relocated to New Zealand and won a silver medal at the ITFNZ 2004 Nationals. Leanne now travels the world delivering messages of hope and encouragement. Her lively yet relaxed presentation puts her 
are in high demand to speak at top organizations and events throughout the world. Leanne shares her setback to success story and shows that no matter where we are in life, our dreams can be realized. Visit Leanne's website at leannehilgers.com to find out more about this talented and inspiring motivational speaker and to request more information about scheduling an appearance with Leanne. That's leannehilgers.com, L-E-A-N-N-H-I-L-G-E-R-S.com. What if what is meant for you is bigger and better than anything you can imagine? Contact Leanne Hilgers today. Do you want to know what's really going on these days? Well, Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in Washington, on Wall Street, and in our nation's legal system impacts your business every day. We're taking you on a behind-the-scenes tour of all of it. Each week, we bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers, lawyers, and business leaders. I'm Kevin O'Neill, and I'm your host as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join me for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Network each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Your online community for positive change. Seventh Wave Network. Listening to the Dream Big Revolution with your host, Leanne Hilgers. If you have a question or comment for Leanne or just need a little personal motivation to live your dream life, call Leanne now. She's standing by for you. The toll free number is 1 866 472 5795. That number again is 1 866 472 5795. Now, back to the Dream Big Revolution. Hi, everybody, and welcome back. We have Jeremiah CPE on the phone. Now, Jeremiah, before the last break, you were talking, you had made a statement, you think most people are in the wrong occupation. What do you mean when you say that? What I mean How do is, they find the right one? <laughs> well, what, what I mean is that most people are working for money. They're not letting money work for them. In other words, they've taken jobs because this is where they believe the money is. No, the money is inside of you. The money is in your heart. The money is at the place of your passion. That's where the money is. And so when you start living that passion, then you, the, money will, the money will come. The increase will come because only in your heart, only inside of you where the passion resides, does true wealth exist. So I tell people, you know, when you're chasing dollars, like, you know, now there's a lot of people out, you know, getting signed up with this, you know, MLM company, with this, you know, uh, group of people on, you know, marketing, and then when with another group, and they're trying to find ways to increase the income, you know, through people who are advertising saying, hey, do you want to be rich? If a person asks you that question, you know what I'm saying? Wrong question. No, I am rich. That's, you know, there's not any question about what I am, regardless of what it looks like. It doesn't really make a difference. I mean, it's like looking at a seed of corn. Now, I keep using the corn illustration because that's so, so important to me. There's like the corn. The corn already has a life in it. Its destiny is already within it. So, in other words, it doesn't need anything outside of itself, I mean, other than, you know, sunlight and, 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 and rain, you know, to, and dirt, you know, to, to increase itself. And so what I'm saying to you is that you're like that seed of corn. There's been a destiny placed inside of you. There are passions 
passions that are a part of your character and your thinking that are unlike any others. And when you tap into that, then you'll be in the right occupation. All right? And you need to recognize that you are the economy. Many people are looking at the economy as, you know, looking out of their eyes as, you know, seeing the economy as an external place to be. The economy is not out there. The economy is within you. And when you tap into that, it's like, this, like I said, like the, 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 the seed of corn, the economy is within it. You plant one of it, you, you, you get a, a stalk of, you know, six ears of corn on it that produce almost 100, you know, seeds of corn per ear. You're talking about 600, you know, seeds to 1,000 seeds of corn from one seed. Where did that come from? Within the corn, within that seed. And so what I'm saying to you is, where is your wealth coming from? Within you. Now, what about somebody who is saying, okay, I'm already doing what I love, I'm helping other people, I'm a massage therapist, I'm a doctor, I'm a writer, I'm a trainer, I'm an athlete, whatever I love to do, I'm not seeing the abundance, I'm not seeing what support, I'm not able to support myself doing that. Well, you need, you need to examine, all right, the way in which your idea serves others. And you need to, you know, really just get alone and think about that. You know, and once you do that and you begin to see that there are so many other ways in which you can go the extra mile in other people's lives, that is ridiculous. It's like right now I've been, you know, sowing seeds uh, all, over the, all over the world, you know, doing speeches, you know, me over the telephone, telecasting, you know, doing all types of uh, teleseminars and other things. All I'm doing is sowing, you know, for a greater increase. But you have to put the word out there in order for people to know that you even exist. So you got to learn that you got to give away what you want to keep. It's like the seed of corn. The farmer has to give it to the earth. Most people don't want to part with, what, uh, with the giving part. They just want to receive, but that's not the way the law, the universal law works. As you give, so you shall receive. As you sow, you shall reap. I love how you phrase things. <laughs> now, if you could tell people one thing, if there was one piece of information that you hope people would take away from this conversation and really truly understand, what would that be? That would be leave the world better than what you found it. I mean, I'm not the inventor of this idea. Benjamin Franklin actually got it from a gentleman from, uh, I think he was New England. He was one of the leading uh, ministers of his time, a gentleman by the name of Cotton Mather, C-O-T-T-O-N-M-A-T-H-E-R. You can look him up on the Internet. Cotton Mather was supposed to be like a Puritan to the tenth power. I mean, he just saw every circumstance as being good, and he always looked for the good in every circumstance. And he told Benjamin Franklin, leave things better than what you found it. Now, I dare you to look at Benjamin Franklin's life and not observe him infecting, changing, you know what I mean, making things better. That's all Benjamin Franklin does. And people look at his life and they say, how could one man be so talented? And he only had two years' worth of education, ladies and gentlemen, which means that, you know what I mean, where, where did he get that intelligence from? It came from within him as he began to meditate on solutions to problems that he came across. When he saw the bifocals, when he saw the regular glasses weren't working, he, he needed something to see near and far at the same time. He created the bifocals. Yes, Benjamin Franklin. And so what I'm saying to you is that you've got to leave the world better than what you found it. Find out what it is in you. Find out your passion and find out how that passion can leave the world better than what, what you found it. When I mentor kids, that's what I'm doing. When I give to children, I'm, I'm touching the future and the present generation all at the same time. You know, I hope one of these days these kids, you know, when I hit about 70 or 80, they come back to me and they say, you know, it was what you did in my life that made a difference. 
Jeremiah, thank you so much for being on the show. You are absolutely an inspiration. Will you come back again? I sure will, Leanne, and I love you. I'd like to come back and share some of my music. Let's do that. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much, and thank you, everybody, for listening to the Dream Big Revolution and making this one of the top-rated online shows in the world's largest online network. We love you. Keep joining us. We'll keep bringing you wonderful people like Jeremiah. you enjoyed today's episode of the dream big revolution live the life that you want again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the seventh wave network for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit seventhwavenetwork.com the voice america talk radio network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio visit voiceamerica.com the views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the voice america talk radio network its staff and management